who exactly will be ready to play defense for the Boston Bruins on opening night. And a former Bruin has jumped on with the Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. We're going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, August 5th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every day, free and available wherever you get podcasts. So please do not go another day without subscribing to the show, either on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Never miss an episode, and YouTube subscribers will get some bonus breaking news, and instant reaction content along the way. For those of you on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Same handle on Instagram if you want to follow me over there. For a more personal, in-depth look at who Ian is. I am a lifelong Bruins fan. I've been covering this team for various outlets for about 17 years now, which is nuts. And looking so very much forward to another opening night coming up in a couple months against the Washington Capitals. On Wednesday, I took a look at what the opening night lines could look like with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci in the lineup and without the latter, clearly a much scarier proposition than uh, the former. And on today's show, we're going to talk about who could be in and out on defense. Now, a lot of this is clouded due to some injuries suffered on the back end. On June 3rd, the Boston Bruins issued the following updates on Matt Grizzlick, Mike Riley, and Charlie McAvoy. Grizzlick underwent a right shoulder open stabilization procedure. Expected recovery time approximately five months. Mike Riley underwent a right ankle tendon repair and removal of bone fragments. And the expected recovery time is about three months. McAvoy underwent a left shoulder arthroscopic stabilization. And the expected recovery time is six months. So from June 3rd for Riley, he'll be back possibly for training camp. So that's a good sign. Grizzlick likely into November. McAvoy 
won't be back until likely December. So of the three, Riley, a possibility for opening night. Let's look at what is left. Now, my first inclination was to pair Hampus Lindholm and Brandon Carlo as the two most, maybe not experienced defensemen, but the highest on the depth charts at the left and right hand position. That would leave Derek Forbort and Connor Clifton, which was a pretty solid pairing in the playoffs at times. But then you would have either Mike Riley and Jakobs Borrell, or if Riley's not quite ready yet, Jack Ashawn and Jakobs Borrell. Perhaps you want to spread things out a bit more. So my thought would be, and again, the Bruins, quite light on the right side defensively. When it comes to right-hand shots on the blue line, it's Carlo, it's Clifton, and that's it. Zboril can play the right side. He has in the past. And likely will start the season on the right side in the absence of Charlie McAvoy. You have uh, Victor Berglund, who could perhaps step up. And the Bruins did sign Connor Carrick, who, with a strong training camp, could crack the opening night roster. But right now, I'm thinking, sure, keep Forbort, Clifton together on the third pair. You can either put Riley or Ashawn with Brandon Carlo on the second pair. Carlo is used to playing with more offensively minded players. Think back to Tori Krug. Um, that could be a good, you know, yin and yang there on the second pair. Then on the top line, put Lindholm with Zborl. I really believe that Zborl is ready to take the next step in his development and assert himself as a top four defenseman for the Boston Bruins. So that would be my top six at the moment. Lindholm, Zborl, Ashawn, and O'Reilly, Carlo, and then Forbort, Clifton. I do think that Carrick could make a good impression and crack the opening night roster. He played in 59 games for the Charlotte Checkers last season, 32 points. Uh, and, you know, he's proven to be a pretty serviceable defenseman. I think he could be even perhaps a step above Connor Clifton, to be honest. There is always the possibility of signing a depth defenseman. P.K. Subban remains out there, but highly unlikely as the Bruins have eight defensemen under contract at the NHL level. 
six of whom are making more than $3 million. There's always the possibility that Riley could be dealt before the season opens. That would obviously make the decision on who will play opening night more clear. Jack Ashawn should get that opportunity. He looked great in his limited time up with the Boston Bruins last season. If Riley's traded, that would clear the space required to sign Bergeron and Krejci, and everything will be great. A lot of it depends on his recovery and if he's able to, yeah, prove to a recruiting GM that he'll be able to be a meaningful member of the blue line for the acquiring team. So that's my top six at the moment. Obviously, things will look different, better, when Grizzlick, McAvoy are in the lineup. You'd have Hand, uh, sorry, Lindholm, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo as your top four. They were interchanged a bit last season under Bruce Cassidy. Who knows if, um, you know, Jim Montgomery will take that approach and then Forbort. Zboril as your third pair, I think that could be pretty effective as well. The Bruins will have some options, even if they decide to trade Mike Riley, maybe Matt Grizzlick to get even more cap space freed, but I would not want to see that as I am a big Matt Grizzlick fan. Speaking of players who have moved on, happened yesterday with Anton Bleed signing with the Colorado Avalanche. Going to talk about that here in a moment. But first, a quick word about Built Bar. If you haven't tried their puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. That's right, Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The kicker, they're healthy for you. But 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, and you need to run to Built.com right now to snag a box for you, your family, your co-workers. Like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate, but they're also made with a collagen protein that your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, sugar, grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, Anton Bleed has signed a deal with the Colorado Avalanche. The writing had been on the wall as it was made clear that Bleed was looking for a more permanent NHL opportunity and the Bruins appeared unlikely to sign him following exit interviews at the end of the season. Bleed signed a one-year, one-way deal for $750,000 with the Colorado Avalanche. He's 27 years old, 
Two goals, nine points in 32 games with the Bruins last season. He, to his credit, was very effective in bringing some energy. Very capable fourth liner. Agitated the opposition. Occasionally provided a little bit of offense as well. But as Joe Haggerty of Boston Hockey Now notes, he was relegated to the press box for the end of the season after he was involved in a skirmish at the end of a game against the Detroit Red Wings. It was a road loss. He racked up a bunch of penalty minutes after the buzzer and landed in Bruce Cassidy's doghouse. He was selected in the sixth round of the 2013 NHL draft, so to get you know, any games out of a sixth round pick is a good thing. Um, but that marks the end of any contribute contributions from that draft class with Peter Solarik now playing over in Europe. The Bruins, yeah, it's a pretty poor draft as Ty Anderson noted on Twitter the other day. Linus Arneson, Peter Solarik, Ryan Fitzgerald, Wiley Sherman, Anton Bleed, Mitchell Dempsey, 110 games played between them at the NHL level at the moment. I posited that perhaps 2018, 2019, 2020, not tracking to be much better, uh, but that's a conversation for another day. Obviously, Axel Anderson is gone in 2018. Jacob Lauko, Curtis Hall could make the NHL at some point. I believe John Beecher, Mason Lorai, pretty much what we're banking on to make it out of those three draft classes. Anyways, back to Bleed. At the end of the season, he said he didn't play as much as he wanted. Some days were tougher than others, but at the end of the day, quote, I thought I did a pretty good job of bringing energy and a smile every day. He said, some days I'd rather be in the AHL, to be honest with you. I did not sign here to just sit on the ninth floor of the press box. Signed here to play hockey. It's the NHL. My goal is to play up here. Playoffs is the fun part of playing hockey. Felt like he could have made a difference some nights. But he was not given that opportunity. It was hard, and he therefore took his talents elsewhere. Bleed, not making any postseason appearances for the Boston Bruins during his time. The Bruins have a new fourth-line candidate. After A.J. Greer signed a one-year, one-way deal with the Bruins on the first day of free agency, and now Anton Bleed will get an opportunity to play for the Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. We wish him well with the Avs. Not a huge loss in my books. For me, he was just kind of a guy along the same lines as Carson Kuhlman, I know 
maybe kind of uh, not fan favorites per se, but guys that some fans really cling to and loved. Everybody likes to root for those kind of underdogs, guys you want to see in the lineup more. Um, Bruins, I don't want to say they're too deep for a guy like Anton Bleed, but just not the right fit for him at this point with some more established veterans looking for playing time, such as Nick Foligno. I mean, would you rather have Anton Bleed at $750,000 or Nick Foligno at $3.8 million? You'd probably want Bleed, but such as it is, the Bruins uh, will roll with Nick Foligno, and he will likely start the season as the fourth-line left-winger. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day. Every day we'll be back with three fresh episodes next week as we're on a more limited schedule here in the dog days of summer. However, the Locked On NHL podcast is there to give you a daily 30-minute update on all things NHL. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL your daily 30-minute podcast. Speaking of NHL news, there was a massive contract signed in the NHL last night as the recently acquired Jonathan Huberdeau signed an eight-year, $84 million contract with the Calgary Flames. Huberdeau, of course, was acquired a couple weeks ago in exchange for Matthew Kachuk along with Mackenzie Weger, and he will be the next uh, guy that the Flames try to extend. It's the deal that the Flames had offered Johnny Godreau before he left for Columbus. Um, both are talented playmakers, both coming off 115-point seasons. Huberto, one of the highest-scoring left-wingers, his 415 points since 2017-18, just six behind Brad Marchand and three behind Artemi Panarin among left wingers over the yeah the last four or five seasons. Ten more than Johnny Godreau. Uh, Huberto will be 30 when the deal kicks in turning 38 when it expires, so it might not age well, but for now it's money well spent for the Calgary Flames. Huberto leaving the Atlantic, moving over to the Calgary Flames. On the flip side, from a Bruins perspective, you now have Matthew Kachuk in Florida to contend with. You have Johnny Godreau in Columbus to contend with as potential wildcard team. And... While it's nice to break up a proven scoring machine in Florida, bringing in Kachuk, who's talented offensively, brings a bit more sandpaper as well. Um, To have two of those star players coming into the Eastern Conference, not ideal for a Bruins team that could be challenged for a playoff spot here in Uh, 2022-2023. Elsewhere, there's rumors that 
perhaps Vladimir Tarasenko could still be on the move. He made a trade request last summer that wasn't officially rescinded. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. And then you still have some pretty big name free agents that are still unsigned that could, um, yeah, certainly make an impact either on the Eastern Conference or just the NHL in general. You have Nazem Kadri, who could um, perhaps be signing with the New York Islanders. You have more established guys like P.K. Subban, Phil Kessel, um, Evan Rodriguez is a tantalizing prospect. He was one of the best value players last year. 43 points on a $1 million contract. Paul Statsny, Sonny Milano, Sam Steele, Sam Gagne, Anton Strahlman. These are all guys who could not necessarily shift the balance of power anywhere, but make an impact on their teams and um yeah we're gonna have to wait and see how that all shakes out from a Bruins perspective next Thursday is when Pavel Zaka's arbitration hearing is scheduled on Monday we're gonna look at um what his next contract could look like as the two sides appear intent on resolving things before it gets to that point it's been a couple weeks now that we had heard things were close via his agent to Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald. Nothing doing yet. I believe the Bruins are waiting to see how that shakes out before committing to Bergeron and Krejci so that they have a better idea of what the cap will look like next season as they deal with potential bonus overages. Ideally, they'd have Pasternak under contract as well, so they know his number and how much wiggle room they will have. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. I hope you're all doing well, taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. If you're looking for something to watch this weekend, I can't recommend Blackbird on Apple TV enough. A bit dark, a true crime story. I uh, don't want to give too much away, but it's very, very good with some brilliant performances. Uh, we watched most of the Woodstock 99 doc on Netflix last night. We'll probably finish that off. And uh, I've been burning through a rewatch of Friday Night Lights, which I love so very much, as well as rereading Beartown, which is a bit of a similar story. Uh, so those are two I can't recommend enough. I will always recommend those until the day that I die. All right, friends, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again here on Monday on the Locked On Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.